You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is the first in a new series I am calling Hot Takes, where myself and my friend Matt, who's introduced in episodes 202 and 203 of Genuine Chit Chat, we discuss topics that may be considered controversial. And the first on the chopping block is Elon Musk. So Matt knows quite a lot of information about Elon Musk. He's read a couple of his biographies, and he's followed his career for quite some time. So we discuss Elon Musk as a whole, his in air quotes credentials, his personal life, his public appearances, and his own chosen language of privacy, those sorts of things. So that's this week in part one. Part two is out next week, but I will give you more information on that at the very end of the episode. But if you want to hear part two right now and you just can't wait, then go over to patreon.com slash genuine chitschat. And for as little as one pound a month, you get immediate access to every single episode of Afterthoughts. That also includes early access to genuine chitchat episodes when they split into part ones and part two. You get access to both parts in one go. And in addition to that, you get about 170 odd episodes of Afterthoughts. And there's more every week where myself and Megan talk about trips we've been on or movies and TV shows that we've seen, or we talk about live performance all kinds of things. So if you want to support the show and also get early access to a few things, please consider checking that out. Details are in the description and make sure you check out Matt's shop, Bust Builders. Details for that are in the description as well. And I also want to quickly note that this conversation was recorded in early July. So as I'm releasing this in September, there might be a little bit of information that may be out of date or more stuff that's happened since then. And that's the reason why. But without further ado, friends, here is my conversation with Matt, our hot takes on Elon Musk, and I'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And there we go. I mean, I will cut out that very slow arm movement back, because <laughs> people don't like to see that in podcasts. Um, but we are back once again. Um, so this is going to be... They're going to be several weeks apart, the conversations we've just recorded, because I'm going to split the other one into two parts, unless they're Patreon supporters. Um, and then this one is going to be... The last one was more of an introduction to you. And then this is more linking in with the idea of the hot takes kind of uh, miniseries thoughts, kind of going slightly against the grain or at least looking into why it is a certain viewpoint is considered by certain people and why that may not be all that it seems. And so a really good jumping off point for this is a very famous figure and someone who's pretty much in the news every day now. Uh, And that's Elon Musk. So it's someone that I think everyone knows about, you know, SpaceX and Tesla and obviously recently Twitter, as well as got quite a mad social, uh, mad personal life. Um, and he was involved with PayPal in the kind of early stages as well. There's his plans for the underground in LA and all kinds of stuff. And he's a billionaire <laughs> and is a, being a billionaire automatically condemn you is a kind of a question that is going to float around this uh, conversation about Elon. But Matt's here again. Uh, or he has he never actually left. He's still he's still here from last time. It's Round just been, two. Yeah, we just had another pizza before <laughs> recording. Yeah, we've got our iced coffees because it's even later in the day. Um, so Matt is someone who um, you know, go listen to the other conversation to hear all about his life story. Um, but you've always like you've always followed Elon Musk's career as long as I've known you, which obviously is only about a year. And so whenever we've spoken about Musk, I was you know I knew about him peripherally because of um, simulation theory and him coming being one of the individuals to bring that more to the forefront of uh, people's thinking. And obviously Tesla, I always have been interested by electric cars and kind of wanted uh, one, but I obviously can't afford it. Um, but like I've known a bit about him, and then obviously I think a lot of people's first real introduction to him was probably on Rogan. Yeah, probably. Where you smoked the plant and got yeah, into a little bit of yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the stock price went down and then shot back up again. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, so I think that he, 
he's an interesting figure because there's other billionaires which we'll talk about as well which are not as public facing in a lot of ways I mean we're also going to say whenever we talk about billionaires in this conversation we are specifically omitting the oil barons of the Middle East and things like that some of the Saudi families and things because they have beyond billions and it's just no they they don't tell people how much money they have but they're oil barons so uh, not going to be talking about them we're going to talk about the billionaires we kind of know about uh, to a degree but Elon Musk Matt what is it about him that has made you be interested by him as an individual and not, for example, Bill Gates or, I don't know, is, is Richard Branson a billionaire? Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he owns an yeah, island, yeah, doesn't yeah. he? So I suppose he's... So why, why Musk... Did the whole space thing as well, followed the same oh, yeah. path. Yeah, yeah Maybe course. laid down the path for Musk, who knows? Yeah, so um, what is about Musk that intrigues you specifically more so than other billionaires or even other people of interest? The first thing that kind of intrigues me the most, like going back as far as I can think, was um, there was a news piece done and I had no idea who the guy was. And this was just when he was launching Tesla. Mm. And uh, I think they were showing off, I think it was the ABC showing off his first uh, supercar, which was, uh, yeah, he spent a million dollars on a supercar and they were showing it off. And he looked so out of place and so awkward. <laughs> he had no hair. He was a suit too big for him. It's just like, who is this guy? And why is this so cringe? And how, why am I watching him type yeah. deal? And so that sparked the curiosity. And again, he's out of place. He doesn't fit in. So it's, and he's a little bit awkward. Yeah. To say the least. A little bit. <laughs> um, especially in those early years. Yeah, and yeah. so it just sparked a curiosity. It's like, what the hell? Who's this guy? Mm. Um, and then again, he's got a good story, good history, uh, makes him interesting, which I think is part of the draw. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a guy really like he spends his money on cars. Um, the women he does, he dates and his wives and his children and things like that. He's just kind of it, it's weird because he's not an over masculine man. Yeah, man. Um, but he's pursuing all the same things, and so a lot of his fans like you. Kind of you can analyze him a little bit. You can look towards him and say, okay, cool. If this guy can do it, yeah. <laughs> surely the rest we can. I'm not. I'm not mean to sound disparaging because I'm not. Everything he's done is absolutely amazing, and. Um, if you think of all billionaires, how many of them have personality? How many of them, even if the jokes are cringe, how many of them even bother to try and um, have jokes? And also the public facing, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, like the the guy has discourse with the community and he can take a hit as well. Like he's deliberately putting himself out there for people to to have their opinions about him and just have his life on public display. And I think also the draw to him as well is like, we don't get insight into billionaires. Like, you don't know what Jeff Bezos is doing. You don't know what Bill Gates is doing. We've got the Jeff Bezos divorce, and then we've got the Bill Gates doing agricultural stuff in Africa. That's more or less all we've got for <laughs> yeah. the last couple yeah. of years. Where um, Elon Musk is painfully transparent about everything. Oh, his racial grimes, <laughs> Amber Heard, and his kids' names, and everything. Yeah, and that supermodel Talia, that was the, the, that was the second big draw, was um, he was, uh, I think her name was Talia. I'll have to have a look. We'll have to Google it. Mm. Um, but he married this uh, 21, 22-year-old supermodel. How many times have you been married? And he's been married, I don't know, at least more than four times. He oh, married. Oh, wow. So he had his first wife for six years with six kids. Then he second wife, which was um, the young supermodel. Um, and she then... <laughs> so she's like, oh, billionaire, supercar, fast fast cars, lifestyle. And then she gets Musk, comes home, and she's got to look after his six kids who are all under, like, five, six years old. 
poor girl has no idea what's up and she's turned into this like slave for the kids <laughs> and uh, again it was another TV interview where they're going to interview Musk and there was a cringe moment in there as well where they're like oh you know you enjoying the lifestyle how'd you guys meet like what do you think about your marriage and her responses were not supportive of her situation it was kind of like oh I got myself in hot water I was 21 if anyone was to propose to me of course I'm going to say yes now I'm here holy shit oh god a type deal and Musk had to kind of like again public facing like if anyone's wife was to say it about anyone that would be so painful yeah and then to have that on national TV as well um, so again, that insight draws people and that celebrity, um, like the Kardashians and all that drama, people are drawn to that as well. Yeah. Um, and I've got it here that he's been divorced three times. Three times. Um, from the date of this article, yeah. which was 2023. So yeah. And I think, is he still married to Grimes or not? I have he's, no he's idea. He's dated so he has nine children, including twins. Yeah. Nine, nine. children. Oh my God. Um, and Again, I could be getting these wrongs. Like, there are really big fans of Elon Musk, and then I just tend to jump in every, like, month or so and have a read. Yeah. See if there's any good tweets. <laughs> <laughs> see who he's upset, and then kind of check out. But, um, yeah, no, he's he's had a bunch of children. Um, he's a few supermodels, and then Neuralink, part of his company's mm-hmm. um, one of the lead engineers at Neuralink he has a child with. Yeah. I think they're, they're on their way for their second child. Mm-hmm. And then Grimes... Which is a, a music artist who yeah. does techno sort of. Yeah, uh, we we appreciate power is the main song that I know of hers. Okay. Um, yes, and she's an artist, and yeah, they've given their kids. Grimes has given their kids a weird name. Yep. And again, Musk's just leaning into things. It's like, okay, we're going to name our kid a weird name. I've got. I have hit. my favorite um, jet. That's <laughs> uh, the best plane, the fastest plane, which is like X twelve or something. Yeah. So, it's, so then, then it's pronounced X Ash A twelve A twelve, which yeah. is the jet. X Ash, but it's X and then A E, like where the lines of the A and the E have clicked together, and then A dash the X letter, then I I Musk. Yeah. So it's, it's written weirdly. Yeah, sorry. X Ash A twelve is the name of their child. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. So a lot of stuff to do with Musk, and he's had a crazy life, and so. It's one of the reasons that you find him interesting because he is just such a he's 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 like a halfway point between was a normal person and a billionaire compared to other billionaires that we perceive. Is that kind of it? Um, it I think it's the transparency. So, right. like again, it's the story that people are drawn to. So, the historical figures that you could compare Musk with would be like your Nikola Tesla, even though those people are. They're more in tune with their products. Musk is more like, yes, he's an engineer, but he's not the one who's done the work. He's not yeah. the one that's made the cr- created it. He's the one who's created the environment to allow those things into existence. Yeah. So you can pretty much give credit for everything Elon Musk did to his engineering teams at different companies mm-hmm. and not him himself. Yeah. Um, where he just creates the environment. But um it's he's going to be a, histor- a historical figure. His name's going to be in the books throughout history, regardless of what we think of him, whether he's good or bad. Mm. Um, 
and other historical figures, which everyone, every historical figure seems to have controversies as well. Mm. Um, but you look at your, your Howard Hughes, your Einsteins, your Nikola Tesla, um, all of them have stories. Some of them end really well, some of them end really bad. Everyone's got positive and bad things. And when you get to the exceptions, which these people are all exceptions, they tend to have crazy lives and crazy things that happen to them. Um, an example is like, we all get told that Edison was the one who did all the inventions. He was an amazing person, but Edison was like just the, the businessman. Yeah. And yeah. the inventions weren't his, but he would apply for the patents. And so he got the credit. And so I quite like back in school, we learned Edison invented the light bulb. He did all these other amazing things, electricity, the motor, and then Tesla really doesn't get mentioned. And then you learn about their feud. And I, I believe there's been a few movies made about them recently, but it got yeah. to a point where Edison was electrocuting dogs in public parks. <laughs> um, I think it was actually in London for memory. Oh, wow. Um, at some science fair, if not America, I think it was London. Um, and he's just, you couldn't imagine something like that happening today. So the equivalent today is when Elon Musk gets on Twitter and calls a diver a pedophile <laughs> and, um, tells people that he's, um, he's secured funding to buy Tesla back and make it private for $420 a share, which is 420, which is marijuana. Yeah. Um, and then April Fool's jokes, posting photos of him saying that he's going bankrupt against a Tesla holding a sign. Um, yeah, he's, he's an interesting character. Um, and even now, like, <laughs> he just leans into it. So, um, I, I believe the biggest clout chasing sort of event or attention seeking sort of behavior he's done now is uh, I think he, he called out Mark Zuckerberg or either one of them called out. Oh, yeah. Now they've got this um, UFC fight or MMA fight. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's fantastic. Like <laughs> everyone wants can't to wait. see that. I bet you can't wait I specifically. I cannot wait. Um, would you, would you pay for it to see it live or like <sighs> hypothetically? I'm very frugal, <laughs> so I wouldn't. Um, but yes, I would. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Musk is like six foot. Um, Mark Zuckerberg's, a small fry in comparison. Mm. Elon Musk just have to, just has to sit on the guy and that would be the fight over. Yeah. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg's done MMA training mm. and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, it's quite cool because it's ridiculous mm -hmm. and it shouldn't happen. <laughs> and when in history has two billionaires duked it out? Like, I think the stories... I can't think of a single story. I imagine there's a few with, like, royals or... Like um, the no, old days duel, of almost. yeah, dueling, like throw a glove in someone's face and then yeah. go do your paces and the whole crowd's watching. Because that's such a cultural norm, knowing that if you slap someone with a glove, an empty glove, it's a duel. <laughs> when have we ever seen that outside a movie? Surely it came from somewhere. Exactly. So back in the day, I, I imagine that people had more freedoms and they were able to kind of like have it out without, yeah, just have fun, engage with life a little bit, live a little. Um, what, why is it that you think Musk specifically has had so much um, negativity towards him. You know, obviously you said that he's already, he's transparent, he's public facing, which is an element of that. But what do you think it is that people grab onto with Musk when they are criticizing him? I think society has moved to a more moral posturing society. So everything has to be good. Mm. Wrong is wrong. And if you make a wrong act, then you're an evil person. Yeah. Rather than like, if you are a person and you need to contend with evil people, you will have an evil act or two in, in the sense of just good and bad, not evil. Yeah. Um, so with that, a lot of his positions. So if you listen to him, he says a lot of his thinkings based on first principles, mm. um, which is no consideration for morals. 
it's this is the outcome we need. We need it for a good, but we're not going to think about how we're going to get there. How do we get there with the least amount of considerations for anyone and anything? That sets the path. And then that is the direction to take and then use the, your judgment in the moment to get there. And when you do that, you will make mistakes. Um, and it also it creates situations where you, you do have philosophical debates. Uh, but the problem is you can't convey your reasoning for doing something that people think is outrageous when you're thinking outside of a, a, the box and competing in a race. No one else is mm -hmm. like nobody else is trying to keep three companies that are worth billions of dollars each open. And you're the CEO? <laughs> like, yes, yeah, Twitter, SpaceX, and Tesla, isn't it? They're yeah, there. which is insanity. Actually, he stepped down from SpaceX. He's got a Gwen someone as the CEO there. Okay. Um, and she's done an amazing job, apparently, as well. And clearly, I mean, SpaceX is... Yeah, it, it's outpaced everything NASA's ever done historically just in the past four or five years, which is unbelievable. And with a lot of people, when they criticize Musk as well, I know that the criticism... I hear quite a lot is that he's not even a intelligent person. He's just a businessman. Um, and I think other people have said that he is an engineer. Um, from what you've seen, cause you've read a couple of his biographies and you've like looked into this stuff a lot more than I certainly have. So with him, what are his actual credentials and why do you think they make him get perceived in a certain negative way? So he's not an expert on anything. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any credentials. Right. Um, so he doesn't have an engineering degree. I think in his biography, he did a year or two of school and left. Um, and he left to start a business. Yeah. Um, and he did computer coding and stuff like that. And he had a couple ventures that not many people know about. So um, vector imaging, where you can navigate through images. So Google Street View. Mm -hmm. So that technology Musk pretty much engineered yeah. from without a degree from his bedroom and then sold that on um white pages so we used to have yellow pages books you guys had them here in the uk yeah um so that was another venture of his so these are his qualifications are his experience mm -hmm. and he coded a text recognition system where it could recognize text and fonts and go from a digital image to a digital text that's mm -hmm. searchable and so basically he would then sell a service where he would grab archives or libraries or novels and then move them into the digital space. Mm -hmm. So basically created eBooks, like right. the foundations for eBooks. Um, and it's crazy to think that he's been able to do that. Mm. We associate that with companies that have utilized it better, mm. but he was the one who started the work. Right. So I would accredit those engineering feats as his um, and that he would be an expert in those things. Um, but they're very niche and very basic fundamental stuff. Um, the reason he gets perceived as being silly unknowledgeable or sometimes he misquotes concepts and ideas especially because most of the things that he's talking about is very technical mm -hmm. like at a minimum to understand you'd need to have an engineering degree or a very intense interest in engineering um to learn to interpret what he's saying to understand where he's going there you might have to you know oh he didn't mean that he meant this and then you you kind of take it on board um but yeah no i would say he's not an expert of any um that's why he comes across silly i think his value is that he will learn what he needs to learn to get the outcome he needs. So a, a good example of that would be um, the Raptor engines for SpaceX. Mm -hmm. So he had a whole engineering team dedicated to Raptor engines. They're scientists, they're engineers, they're not businessmen. They're not car manufacturers. They don't make multiple units. They focus, they don't have the principles or the experience to see solutions because it's not in their framing. 
um, Elon Musk gave them the targets, hoping that they could see their way. Whoever was in charge of that clearly wasn't doing a good job. Musk then had to stop everything. He hasn't done work on rockets or engines because he's stepped down to move into the Twitter space and everything else. Um, but then he's got a problem. He needs to step in. He doesn't have the education. He doesn't know the calculations, the mathematics or anything like that. But he can get people to communicate to him what the problems are and then he can see solutions and he'll he'll be willing to seek out the knowledge for himself or through the people to solve those solutions. So he's not afraid to look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not afraid, then you're more inclined to behave (laughs) like an idiot. Um, And in that instance, um, they they weren't able to manufacture enough engines to keep testing Starship and have the development move and the engines would put a hold on everything else. Mm -hmm. And so they basically needed to turn it into turning over engines daily. Um, And just to put it in perspective, like um, the main spaceships that they used traditionally, the shuttles, um, they had like maybe six or seven engines. Um, Starship on the base part has like 32 engines. Right. Um, And NASA, they're making engines for two, three hundred million dollars each. Mm -hmm. SpaceX are getting the cost down to about 200,000 each. I think it's even less than that now. Um, So the ability to do that, like you just kind (laughs) of... take your hat off like holy shit yeah um and i think this people don't understand that framing and so you get experts who have spent their life and all they know is engineering and they go oh he misquoted this principle uh you get experts in coding they're like oh he's talking about like these coding errors that are known by the industry but he's not spoken about it in the way that he's knowledgeable about it but he's spoken about it in the way that it identifies the problem and the solution Mm -hmm. Um, and so people are just overly critical without seeing the goal or the purpose. Right, I see. Um, and then when he's trying to Im- uh, implement those problem-solving abilities, um, a good example of when he got in hot water was uh, COVID restrictions in California. Yeah. Uh, I believe they were shutting down all manufacturing. And he kept his his site open. Mm-hmm. Um, he tested everyone. So he used the state's rationale of protection, safe environment. Everyone needs to be tested. Everyone needs to be isolated. He went to his employees and said, hey, we're going to test. We're going to isolate. If you're working, you have to isolate. It's up to you. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. We're setting it up and we want to keep it open and we want to keep paying you. And I'm not sure what the employment laws are in um, the US, but it wouldn't surprise me that if those people weren't working, they wouldn't have got paid and they would have been on government benefits. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone would agree that you, um, the US government benefits and welfare schemes not too great. I hear a lot of negative stuff about that. I'm sure that um, I'm sure Elon Musk would be paying you substantially more for working at Tesla than yeah. the government welfare would be. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then the question is like, again, that moral position everyone takes is like, you're putting everyone's life at risk. Mm-hmm. You're putting them at risk of COVID. Um, you're open. You're breaking the law. Um, all these positions which are coming from authority, mm-hmm. they don't speak to the problem. They don't speak to the solution. And they don't have value. They're just a... Um, it's an argument without substance mm-hmm. um, where I think if, if at the time when they were disagreeing with him, they could have gone through and requested that and actually made comments about like how... If there was an issue with the way he was running the, the factory, if he was putting people at risk, they should articulate how and why, mm. because Musk is dealing with things on that level, but the rest of the world's not. When you read a 250-word article, you're not interested in that. You're just like, oh, what a prick. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is fair. Yeah. And I would be resentful too if I was a worker and, and all the other companies are closed and this one company is open. That's that's a bit unfair. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing I was going to say about is it, it's interesting with Musk because he seems to, partly because he's a billionaire and partly because of his name and what he's done for so many companies, he gets away with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the issue is a lot of people f- find it that when you then say, or oh, Musk is doing it, but he's doing it for a great reason or something, then it is that kind of issue where it's like, well, if he can do it, then other people will find reasoning to do it. And eventually someone's going to do it and they're going to screw up. And then the counter to that is, but Musk is probably not going to be the one to do that. And I understand that, that kind of concept. And obviously I'm not in a position of power to make the decision of whether or not I'd let Musk, Musk. But, you, you know, it, it's a real hard one because as you say, like people like Steve Jobs, as an example, he is a visionary. He, you know, Apple existed before him, but he was really the driving force, how Apple came to its resurgence and things. And he pushed a lot of things and he was apparently an awful man to work for. He was apparently really just like, he was rude. He would force people to work ridiculously long hours. He was just a horrible horrible person but he had such a vision that him doing these horrible things these people and causing this upset drove a company forward and essentially uh, sped up the technological revolution of smartphones because of the iPhone and things obviously tab- uh, handhelds existed a little bit before that but iPhones were really the driving force of skipping them over probably a few years or so and that's marketing again because yeah. you're getting people to buy into your story to then give you extra yeah so you're getting more out of your whatever you're paying them. So, exactly. And you are. Like if someone's working a 50-hour week or a 60-hour week, mm. over time that compounds and suddenly you're two, three years ahead of where you would have been had no one done any overtime. And if you're getting that for free, why not? And this is where the market kind of dictates where it goes based on the value. So if you value the story and the thing you're pursuing, you're more you're going to do it for a cheaper rate mm-hmm. versus if you're in a job you hate, you're going to be, you're going to want more money to put up with it yeah. and you're not going to work, want to work those extra hours. But if there's value in it, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's another good, well, whether it's good or not is debatable, mm-hmm. but I think that's another thing that Musk kind of deploys in all his companies. It's like, we have this culture. Yeah. We are not going to complain. We're here to fix things. We're pursuing a goal and you need to be part of that. Yeah, we're not just saying a nine to five. If we say you need to work for the next two days and stay in the office, you have to be able to commit to that. And it's yeah. like, I personally don't agree with that. However, I don't know if they do do this. So this is, the, the certain elements of this are somewhat conjecture, but like if I went into a job and they said once a month, we will expect you to stay work late, work on a weekend or whatever like that. I'd be annoyed about it. But if I agree to it, I can like know that's going on in my life. If I start working and then just months go by, nothing happens. Then suddenly it's the next two months. You don't have a life. Yeah. You know, and and the, the, even if it's not overtly said, it's that kind of thing of, if you don't, you, you're not yeah. going to stay, you know? And, and that's the decision you make and, there and then. Well, yeah. that's it. And it's like, if they're open and honest, which again, I don't know if they are, if they are, or if they were at the time, it's like, okay, if I get that decision, I'm okay with it. But if it's not, that's the issue. And even like, even though I'm not okay with that morality speaking, if you are hungry enough for the money, then agree it's kind of being taken advantage of. But if you are hungry enough for the money and you're like, I just desperately need X amount that Musk is offering, so I'm going to have to do this. Or if you want the promotion in a year or the yeah. recognition or you want to... Any reason you want that. Yeah. You've and just got to like, grab with another colleague and, like, and you want to outwork them. Yeah, and it's like, I don't disagree with being upset and annoyed by that. But if you don't want to work there, you can change your job. And it's like, I know that's not the solution of don't work in places that suck. Let's allow for, you know, harassment in the workplace because you can just work somewhere else. I'm not talking about that. But like overworking is a really really hard one because there are just some jobs like we we even find in our work just insurance stuff we've not we've claimed it with policies if there's if you have a hundred policies that all happen to renew at the start of the tax year on april 1st 
and you have 120 clients, no amount of you being a good worker would mean that in that narrow time frame, you can get everything done as nine to five. It's just not possible. Yeah. So in situations like that, where you're kind of expected to work late because, you know, in certain situations, it's more busy. Fine. It, I, I understand the kind of unspoken rule in a way of the workplace. So I kind of bridge it to it is if it's volunteered, yeah. then yes. But it doesn't seem volunteered when the company asks for it. Yeah. So it has to be there has to be a um, precedent yeah. built into it, um, which is what it is in Tesla and SpaceX. It's like, hey, yeah. we're striving for this. If you take this job, it's not a normal job. Yeah. Um, so you can have families while working here. We I'm not going to judge you on it, but the commitment is the job. Yeah. The family second. Um, and people obviously disagree and have problems with that. 100%. But um, I, I think that comes down to it. It's like, is it morally wrong? And then do you think we should restrict that it, it being morally wrong and prevent people from the opportunity of doing that for the people who want to pursue those things? Yes. And so it's like the cost. In those situations, what is the likelihood that it's going to be taken advantage of where employees are going to lose mm. and what is the market advantage where people have volunteered into that space and if it's forced or it leads to that negative then that's obviously unacceptable but I think people should have the choice and if they want to invest that time because there's other things more important than money like if you're a big geek or nerd when it comes to whichever term it is on rocket engines and you want to put your name on a rocket engine you want to be part of that then you're this close to like a breakthrough yeah you're just like just can't think about anything else i go home i can't watch tv i just want to figure this out or better yet you don't have the breakthrough but a colleague of yours does and you can be there to help them yeah yeah. get them their bloody coffee feed them their lunch yeah yeah do their admin work to free up their time knowing that together you guys will both put your name on something and you'll make history yeah and um sure enough almost every one of Elon Musk's endeavors, when they are successful, that they are going to be historic sort of landmarks when it comes to society moving forward. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. Um, I think another reason he's so prominent. Society's kind of come to a standstill from, like, the, four, say, 60s. Right. Like, banks still use old computer techs. Technology's kind of been a slow crawl up. The biggest development has been Steve Jobs with microprocessors, mm. which is now in phones and laptops. But other than that, nothing's really changed. Like, I think the internet in the 90s, I think 60s, 90s, I think from the 90s definitely has not really been... You even think about insurance technology. Some of them are using technology from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Some of the insurers, uh, I think, um, I won't say the name just in case, but there's an insurer that I heard about, which was, um, I think I spoke to someone, it was a year or two ago, and they were still using a certain system. And on that system, it was black screen, green writing. Yeah. That, and that <laughs> was like systems. 2022, I'm talking about that yeah. being a, a case of a very prominent English yeah. insurer. And you'll, you'll laugh at me, but I prefer those systems to I'm the sure ones we use. Yeah. Because in those old systems, there's one way of doing things, yeah. no other way. Yeah. So there's no mistakes. The, everything is perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And... The frustration comes from its usability because you want varied because people like to do things different ways. Yeah. But the system doesn't allow you. things like yeah. detail. Yeah. Where having these um, vast systems, you're overcomplicating an existing technology because it's the same technology and you're creating more variability, which is it's the choice paradox where you yeah. have a hundred choices. You can't make a choice. Analysis where, paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Thank you. Where if you've got two choices, you're just like, yeah, okay, cool. My normal. Yeah, it's easy. You know, yeah. you've only got a 50% chance of failing. Whereas if you've got a hundred, it's like, I've got a one in a hundred chance of doing the right choice. Yeah. Um, so technology wise, we haven't grown or developed since the industrial boom. Like we have copper lines in the ground for communication. Even now, 
we're still utilizing those copper lines that were laid however long. Mm. So they've since been replaced however many years. They're still copper lines. Were they for the... Is that for telephones or is that for... For everything. So even the fiber optic lines, yes, they're running the main lines as fiber optics, but then the main lines go back into the copper phone lines mm. to then get your internet and they just change the port. That's what line rental is, isn't it? It's connecting to the phone network, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So... We are still bridging off old technology because we are so behind on developing and we've not made any developments. And like America and Australia are huge for like growth because they've got room to develop. But here in the UK, it's a little bit slower, but you guys obviously still need to compete. So you've invested like your, your fiber optic network in the UK is, I would say is more established than ours in Australia, Mm. even though like it's easier for us to replace our lines and it's cheaper where you guys have to dig everything up and you know, you've got 150 years or 300 (laughs) years of like sewer lines to get through to try and put your um, telephone lines in. Um, But yeah, so things like that. So if you look at what Elon Musk chose to do, Mm. the car industry has not changed since Henry Ford. Mm. Um, And they've all stayed the same way. And Elon Musk was like, no, let's change this. Like, um, what's it called? Efficiency of scale. Like, let's, all the factories from the 60s, they all use the same methods. Let's find a new method where we can produce more cars. Um, material science is now there. Let's apply better material science. And so, from an engineering side, he has brought car manufacturing into the future. And that has nothing to do with the cars being electric. Mm. I'm talking about like panels being built, chassis being built, chassis like the frame the car all sits on. So traditionally they were on rails and you tack everything on and there's a lot of fixings, very expensive. Tesla, they cast the chassis. Um, you know, your die cast models like um, Hot Wheels, your cars. Mm. Yeah. So like your cars are just a bit of steel sheet and it's pressed on a shape pulled off painted done Mm -hmm. so they can make i don't know 100 cars every 10 seconds whatever um so tesla (laughs) they found a way to manufacture their chassis and integrate all the components in the structure Mm -hmm. and injection mold that structure almost in the same way so they have a negative they inject all the steel pops it out done next one next one next one fiber a lot of the top parts of the frame as well is a carbon fiber frames because i remember looking at that at thatchams um and it was they were talking about how it's great the car works great because it's carbon fiber but it's more expensive to repair because they're like the only car manufacturers yeah. doing that really at the moment and that's another thing too teslas aren't repairable no. like they you can repair them but they're not they're not friendly to repair they're not like a ford yeah and the idea is that they're so cheap to manufacture it's better off to replace them mm. and then recycle the car mm. um and that's another thing as well like the battery i don't know about the recycling on that Tesla say they have a system to do recycles, recycling, um, but I have no idea what their percentages are of their reclaiming their cars yeah. because they make so many iterations. Um, but the cars are so quick and easy to make, and they're so they're they're a good fifteen years. Any other competing car manufacturer has fifteen years to catch up to Tesla. Mm. That's how quick they've done, and that's engineering. And well, I think they'll catch up sooner, but only on the basis that Tesla that uh, that Musk releases the. The blueprints and a lot of the uh, technology for to how to do it for free. Yeah. And I think so, although they may be that far behind now, I think that they will probably catch up faster if only due to the fact that he's literally giving them the answers. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's open source all the patterns. Yeah. Which I is nothing he does. Like Tesla, I wonder, I suspect it's a nod to Tesla, but Musk is like, I don't need any more money for copywriting this or that. Like, it's just, I, he's just often said, you know, I want as many people driving electric cars because I think it's better for the environment and that's what we need to focus on. Mm. That's an important thing. So let's yeah. throw that out. 
And that's also like a subtle flex as well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm so confident in our company and our staff and our talent yep. and our ability to reiterate that anything you come up with will better within a few weeks. Yep. So, we'll give you our stuff for free. You integrate that into your cars. And as long as you do it ethically, because that's the only condition on there, there's some ethical statement yep. to say that um, uh, it's not that you can't profit off it, but you have to be like considerate of the environment. Um, you got to not make unnecessary profits. I think there's a, a profit limit. Yeah. Um, and there was some third component too. So as long as a company is willing to operate ethically, um, which doesn't help them, it hurts them a little bit. Yeah. Because this is the problem, right? The regulations they've put in place to prevent it, it locks them into manufacturing as they do. And it prevents other car companies from coming into the fold because you have such a huge investment to enter into the regulations. Mm -hmm. Tesla paid that up front, went through all the grind. And now that they've exceeded, they're like, we don't agree with the system. So let's lead by example, open up all our patents. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is um, there's a gentleman called Sandy Munro, who's an engineer who does teardowns for manufacturing for materials. And he did a teardown on Teslas and he does teardowns on other cars. And he goes through... Cost of materials, manufacturing time, the cost of manufacturer works out the profit. And he basically draws templates up for how car manufacturers can do that, right. implement the manufacturing process. And the cool thing is, and, and this is unbelievable, this is where Musk is transparent. So Sandy Munro has turned around and gone, Tesla, what are you doing? You've, your, your chassis is 32 pieces. It's taking you four days to put this together. It all could be done in two pieces. Mm -hmm. Like, great. Love the, but come on, guys. Mm -hmm. I've been asking for a car manufacturer to do this for the past 20 years. Yeah. The only person to ever do it was Ford, and then they kicked Sandy off the team. Yeah. And he's like, I would like to see Tesla do that. I think it was like six, seven months later, that feedback, which is just a little YouTube video on YouTube, maybe 10,000 views, then gets to Elon Musk, and he gives instructions to the engineers to sit down and say, hey, listen to this guy who's been in the industry for 30 years. Do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then sure enough- they start doing it. And so, it's, it's quite cool to see the developments. No other company is that transparent. No other company can make those developments that quick. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where my hat kind of comes off to the guys. Like, holy shit, well done. And he's not the one doing the work, but he's creating the environment to allow people to do, to do the work, which is quite cool. So, then there's the next two parts um, of Musk, which I think are the two biggest probably moments in his life, I think. Excluding when he first made his sort of vast fortune and whatnot. I think these two moments uh, are the... The big tales, I think, the the way that the people know most about Musk, and that is his Rogan. We'll call it the Rogan interview, but he's done a few since. But then the Rogan appearance, um, and then Twitter. You know, Twitter is the thing where Rogan appearance was m everyone who listened to podcasts and a lot of uh, fringe people and some people in the mainstream, you know, that kind of thing, found out about him with the Twitter bio. Everyone knew him. Just it, it was like overnight. It was like anyone who maybe didn't know who Musk was at least had heard the name. Yeah. So with the Rogan interviews, obviously he did that thing where he smoked the uh, cannabis on the on camera and stuff and whatever. Um, and that was a little thing, and that's been like memed. You know, there's loads of posters of Musk, you know, holding it and the smoke behind him, and it all being like space. And kind yeah, of crazy yeah. Stuff. It's epic. So do you think um, the Rogan thing? Do you think that has hurt or? helped him at all before we get into sort of Twitter and how that's impacted his perception. I think it's helped him. I think all the publicity, whether you deem it to be negative, justified or positive, yeah. all of it's helped him. Like it's it's awareness. Like mm. if you disagree with Musk, then he's everywhere. Yeah. He's going to keep making achievements. He's not going away. Mm. He's going to be that thorn in your side you don't like and you'll have disagreements. He will be the conversation piece. Yeah. And 
that marketing, like, that's the result. And so, and again, he's always like running towards things, never away. So those cringe interviews with his, like his wife at the time, or when he's picking up his car, where you're just like, this is, this is wrong. This is so wrong. Um, and him smoking his joint on Joe Rogan's podcast, it's a, it's a flex. It's yeah. like, Hey, I, I'm a billionaire. I own these companies. This is the regulations and the way society is, he disagrees with, he's making a protest and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to smoke a blunt on national TV. Give it here. Mm. And leaning into it. Um, and obviously, the people with the problems with him smoking, the, the controversy of it all, it literally it has nothing to do with him. It's your ideology. Where do you fall on drugs and marijuana? It has nothing to do with masks. It's what's your drug policy? Do you condone it? It's the moral outrage that it triggers, whether you agree or disagree. Well, the, well that's the thing is what I so I saw an article about it and it was something like someone at Tesla had been fired, I think, or disciplined heavily for testing positive for cannabis. And I think that sparked a bit of online debate as well. Mm. But I, I think that Moss, that Musk publicly said he saw that out and whatever on that thing. Yeah. But I will add that if you are the, you know, the director of the company or you, the your head honcho and things like that, although you definitely have some responsibility and maybe he did peripherally know about that, that is a HR issue. Like not, not like if he, maybe he did put the, the stuff in place. Maybe he's very anti-drugs and he's the one who forced these things, but he may have just got HR thing. It may have been the standard thing to do of to just be like a lot of American companies, especially have that thing where they do drug testing and stuff. And it's like, did he actively make the decision to put drug testing in? And if so, did he just be like, yeah, let's do it. It's better for, we don't want people coming in if they've been, had a heavy night on drugs, if they're doing engineering stuff. Or did he really delve deep into thinking cannabis is wrong and all these other, like, he is still a human being and a person. And although I feel like I respect him, but I don't think I necessarily like him. That's fine. Yeah. That, that's not that I, you know, if I met him in person, I think I'd maybe got on with him okay. But I think that if I spent a, you know, a week with Musk and you were just with him all the time and seeing exactly how he does stuff, I think it would just be because of his striving for greatness. I feel like a lot of that would become grating and you'd be like, you're not a very good human being if you look at people, but for the collective human race, you are good. So yeah. it's that weird disconnect of like and the driving force not being the best person. Yeah. So I, I, whether I agree with that or not, I might not agree with that. But even that characterization, I think, is absolutely fine. It's like if Musk is such a horrible, horrible person, you're not saying he's a horrible person, but like calling a guy a pedophile who's trying to help rescue those kids swimming in a cave... Um, you can get into that and investigate it, but like he's still making a public statement to the world with a hundred and something million followers that are all seeing him call someone a pedophile. Yeah, that I would consider that an abuse of power where yeah. he's doing bad. Um, if Musk is a monster, which in instances he could behave that way, um, I think in his uh, his first wife's essay about their marriage, she mentioned some offhanded comments he made on their wedding night, okay. just kind of like reasserting himself in the relationship, like mm -hmm. kind of putting her in her place type deal as she, that's her side of the story. Um, if there is a monster out there and he's a billionaire and he has a lot of money. Um, yeah, I think we should judge him on his ethics and his morals. Um, but then you also have to weigh them up with his good. What other, what other billionaires have had, the impacts he's had with the changes to society he's had with the changes in regulation. Like he's burnt off and killed so much 
like historical stuff that we don't need. Like he set fire to the car industry. Like all the regulations have had to be uplifted and overturned. He's changed laws to make them more available to people so that he's getting freedoms back instead of the, I suppose, restrictions that are getting put place. Mm-hmm. Um, the regulations, he supports regulations. He's asking for them to be put in, but he's asking them to create the same environment he creates for his engineers, but to do it for companies. Mm-hmm. Because if you've got companies that are manufacturing things, that's a, that's a good thing because then we have more stuff we can enjoy. Um, I'm sure we'd all love to have a Tesla <laughs> instead of like an old 500-pound shitbox or yeah, love that. something like that. <laughs> That'd be sweet. But uh, yeah, the the if he's doing so much good, then like, do we give him leniency? That's not to say it's correct. Yeah. Um, and also, if he's taking on all these stresses, I can't imagine his life's enjoyable at all. No. Um, running three companies, having to deal with the media. Well, you said in Rogan that he's just got this thing in his head. He's just always got like loads of thoughts going on at once, and he can't just ch- chill. Mm. He has to be doing stuff to get them out. So it's almost like maybe he's just been cursed with the kind of mind that can do that. And it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Do you continue doing like living that life and doing what you think it will be better for humanity? And so when you need the relief, and you're going out, and you're like, you may overcorrect. Like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and maybe that's the cost that's the balance type thing and and that's another thing too we get to do that with privacy yeah he doesn't and on top of that he never chooses to do it in private he does everything publicly yeah which is and, again against his own character yeah. it makes him look worse by doing so yeah but then he's also getting the publicity from that and household yeah, name. crazy um and then the twitter purchase as well is absolutely amazing yeah so this is the twitter stuff has been I think one of the most controversial parts of recent history, that's when a lot of people started turning against uh, Musk a lot more. I think a lot of them were like, why do they need to buy Twitter? It was the first question. Um, it's just a power thing for him. Um, and the other thing was about him um, getting loads of accounts that were previously banned, unbanned, as well as uh, just tweeting out a bit of nonsense. And you know, there was also a thing where he had an account that seemingly was his child's account that he was on Twitter pretending to be his kid, apparently. So there's lots of weird little things. We don't need to get into all of those because it will be here forever. But there's lots of aspects as to why Musk, I think, is perceived as negative from the Twitter buyout. And what is your kind of take on A, why he bought Twitter, at least in your mind, and B, why people perceive him in such a, a negative way from it? Um, so he leans into tr- like bad, like when... She hits the fan, he leans into it. He's like, yeah, cool, we got this. Yeah. And he's willing to risk a lot on that lean-in, the initial lean-in. Um, I can't remember what triggered him to buy Twitter. I yeah. think it was an offhanded comment, possibly. So it was like the Trump thing when uh, when Obama was like, you'll never be you'll never be president. And that really put a fire under his belly to make sure he was president. Like, <laughs> yeah, boss boss move. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I can't remember what initiated this, the, the offer to buy Twitter. Um I think maybe it was to set fire to Twitter. So Twitter had a lot of like um, financing issues. They were on the track to go bankrupt. They couldn't save themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they had misfiled their followers. So they had basically put a false evaluation on Twitter, which means all the board members, their ownership and their shares in Twitter were inflated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a false filing. Because if there was like, bots and stuff, basically, wasn't there? Yeah. Unused accounts, inactive accounts and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I don't see it and I don't look at it, then I get to present it as this and I get more money. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of unethical things that were going on in Twitter. But then also Twitter had like their own little civil thing going on with the board members. Mm. And... 
And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, friends. Next week will be part two of this conversation, but if you can't wait that long, you can go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat, support the show, and then you get instant access to the full unsplit episode. Or you can give a one-off donation to my coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash genuine chit chat. And when you donate, just say you want to hear the hot takes episode in full, and I will send it to you no problem at all. Also, don't forget to check out Bust Builders, Matt's shop. There's quite a few busts on there now since we spoke, and there's some really, really cool ones I myself own as well including a Nikola Tesla one so please make sure you check that out and follow him on social media to be kept updated with all his busts but what have we got coming out my friends well I've got a conversation due for recording in the next week or two I believe it's going to be another in-person conversation I'm doing quite a few of those recently but I'm not going to give any more information on that until I've got that recording in the bag I'm also in talks with a few other people for recordings so we're just going to have to wait and see to see what gets organized first and what I'm going to be releasing but don't forget to check out all my other content I'm obviously releasing styles comics and canon obviously you can support me on patreon and get even more bonus episodes like 170 odd afterthoughts on there i'm also doing a weekly discussion show for the ahsoka series so i have a different guest on each episode each week and we discuss each episode of ahsoka two episodes of that have already come out as of recording this and i aim to release the episodes within a day or so of the ahsoka show airing i'm talking about uk time because in the uk it airs on wednesday so i try and get it out somewhere between wednesday and friday but obviously it depends when the guests can record in addition to that, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash genuine chat. And also like any videos over there too. And in addition to that, you can obviously share any of my content on social media. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at genuine chat. But in addition to that, if you want to help support the show even more, but you don't want to contribute financially, there's a great way that you can help support the show. That is by rating or reviewing. So you can rate on Spotify, you can review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or anywhere like that. And if you do that, and then you send a screenshot of it to me, then I'll send you an episode of Afterthoughts of your choice. Or you can just say, I really want to start one or a movie one or what's the longest one or whatever you want to do if you send me a screenshot of that on social media or via email i will give you a free episode of afterthoughts but i think that's going to be enough from me my friends just make sure you check out all the details in the description make sure you check out all the guest spots and stuff i've been doing follow me on all the social media places and do exactly what you're doing which is continue listening to my show thank you so much for tuning in as always my friends and i'll speak to you next week with part two of my conversation with matt about elon musk you have just experienced host creator everything else are of genuine chit-chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton